internet and welcome to the friendship snake podcast i am your host wade mariano and i'm joined as always by a one trace finicaro and anna condoleezza rice that is a one gunner kennedy all right gents let's just jump into it today we're going to just do some uh we're gonna, the first few topics we're just going to kind of do some quick hits from uh, uh just some news headlines that we uh scanned through and, and looked at this week um trace have you heard about the saudi journalist no. Disappeared. Well, here's the gist of it. Uh, the Saudi journalist uh, who was like kind of a human rights activist, he was critical of um, the regime that kind of controls Saudi, like the king and and, uh, and his minions. And um, he was living in Turkey, and uh, he kind of applied for asylum or something like that, like saying like if, if he had to go back to Saudi Arabia, he would he felt like he was going to be killed. Mm-hmm. Um, he didn't feel safe in his own country uh, because of what his some of his writings shed light on. Okay. And his unpopular opinion. So he was he was going to the, um, the consulate, the Saudi Arabia consulate in Turkey, to file like the final paperwork for his divorce to okay. his wife that lives in Saudi Arabia. Um, and he went with his current girlfriend, I guess, or I guess his wife in Turkey. Mm-hmm. She went with him. So she, they drive to the consulate. He parks. Uh, she's not allowed to go in because, like, consulates are kind of weird. And I don't know all the rules for them, but it's kind of like a sovereign, small sovereign piece of land that only, you know, there are special rules for the, for other citizens. But if you have dual citizenship or whatever, you can go there. Like, it's kind of like a safe, ha- safe haven or, or whatever. Like, it's like an embassy, right? I'm sorry. Yeah. Is, is it? Maybe it was the embassy. No, I'm it is sorry. an embassy. It is an embassy. It's an embassy. My bad. Not a consulate. My my. Uh, the consulate isn't. The consulate is in the embassy. Right. The right. consulate is in the embassy. Oh, okay. So he goes in, and his wife is her girlfriend, whatever you want to call her, waiting, waiting, waiting. She waits till midnight. No one can tell her. They say, "Oh, he left. He already left. He already left." Which she knows isn't true because if he already left, why would he not have? Mm-hmm. So. She comes back the following morning, and they're just saying, ah, oh, he left. We don't know where he is. First, the story was, we don't know where he is, but then it quickly changed to, oh, he, he left. But at an embassy, there are CCT cameras everywhere. It's a highly, um, it's a high security area, and there are only two vehicles, I think, that they can't identify or they don't know who is in. That left, that, that came or left essentially, um, and one of them, they f- they tracked down and ended up going to uh, one Saudi uh, government official's residence in Turkey. But other than that, like they don't know where this guy is. Like it's pretty obvious at this point. I'd say he's pretty much dead. Well, you know, and I guess the 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 story from the Turkish government is effectively they had fifteen guys go go to town on them like the fucking chainsaw scene in Scarface. Yeah, so like the the Turkish government is pretty much said like they said that he's he's been killed and dismembered. Mm-hmm. But the weird thing is like, why do they think that's the case? Well, because what where this is is that. Again, we're in, we're kind of in this age of the breakdown of the lies that we allow ourselves, to, you know, like the lies that we kind of perform under. And the gist is, is that um, at least the general belief is that 
every consulate or embassy in a host state is wired for sound by the host country. So the Turkish government has not turned over any recordings. And it's also like there's a, like there's 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 two things, which is that one, um, you know, there, there's kind of these there's kind of these like breaking down of alliances and stuff like that. So there may also be shit stirring, but the, the deal, the situation, the, I guess the, the, the course of it is, is that under everything else said and done, like they're kind of, they're, they're, as they're putting the timeline together. So you had know, a bunch of guys from the, basically the Saudi secret police arrive in fucking Turkey. Oh yeah. A couple hours before the dude did. And effectively the Saudi kingdom chief CSI, investigator come with them because you know like and, and you know and again like you want to do you want to go fucking like full born identity because they replaced all the fucking drywall or something in the room that they 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 went they had their fucking uh saw session in they like they literally showed up you can see that uh, they, like they, they touched they the, the ground the, yes. their planes touched the ground a few hours before he showed up to the embassy mm-hmm. and they left that night like no one's they checked into hotels but didn't sleep over they just left these like uh intelligence officials i forgot that part so it is the i mean of course he's this guy is probably dead and it's been covered up and that part is shocking but is it that shocking is it mostly because it happened at an embassy where these types of things you should kind of be protected from but i mean the embassy was it was a saudi arabia embassy so they really have control right it's their kind of their little they're well yeah no they're it's the kind it's their it's their private operating area but you know there's one which is that like turkey turkey has taken the steps to basically kind of pierce this because what 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 it was is that everyone kind of accepted that everyone had them wired for sound, but they wouldn't use it in public conversations. You know, like it was it was all back it was all backroom stuff. If Turkey has made the step that basically relationships have broken down so much that they're going to fucking publicly proclaim it, then there's there's something else going on. So is this less about the journalist and more about? Um more about the way that the embassies are being run and Turkey's kind of the the whistleblower on them is that really what's going on well it's not it's not even so much that it's that um so you, i guess you you need some background on well, first and foremost like it's it's a situation where it's either one or the other a one you did this shit Saudi Arabia mm-hmm. and you're saying cuz they're they're Saudi Arabia's claim no he left he left so you're saying like then he was murdered in Turkey essentially mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. by you know what I mean so you're either saying like well Turkey's unsafe or Turkey's it was Turkey's fault that he's dead or Tur- Saudi Arabia's fault that he's dead Tur- could- Turkey will allow Saudi Arabia to execute you know to to to, to operate on its soil I mean, it's it's the same reason why everyone's flipping their shit over the Russian intelligence agencies fucking coming over to Britain and fucking poisoning people in daylight with Novichok you know it, it it's it this is this is some, you know, like there's always been kind of cloak and dagger shit, but it was kept kind of under the covers. And if they if they're like get to the point where they're gonna fucking do it in broad daylight, then we got. Yeah, it's kind of like, it's definitely um, it's a it's a it's it's deeply seated in politics, but it's more like, I guess like flip it to America, and flip it to here, Canastota. 
let's say there was a I don't know, Saudi Arabian uh, embassy. Embassy. I can't. Why that fucking word escapes me? The There's a Saudi Arabian embassy in downtown Canastota, and a person who became a member of our community, who maybe was outspoken about Saudi Arabia, went in there one day for paperwork, and then didn't come out. No one would feel fucking good about that. Like, right? There, it's this weird thing. Like, the citizens whose land this is on can't go in and investigate what the fuck happened because it's it's an embassy and these weird ass fucking rules. Um, but I, just, that, I mean, but that's been happening for a long time, right? That it's I think it's what Gunner's saying, where even this level of corruption has been happening for a long time. Turkey's just becoming the whistleblower on it. Well, it, I don't it, think anyone's been murdered in an embassy. Uh, well, like embassies it. have been this; they've been the target of a lot of attacks as well. Sure. Um, I think what you're saying is that the embassy itself didn't. Yeah, didn't try to like didn't do didn't something so, so publicly turn around yeah, and so murder somebody and, within its own by its own staff or its own its own people they didn't take military action within the embassy they try to leave it as a as a neutral zone but um but yeah the embassies have been target of attacks right gunner yeah but you know and and it's it's also you know where we get to this is that like i go back to this you know the some something fundamentally has changed because even you know even on uh, even under previous american administrations uh i cannot say his last name Kasadi, Kasadi, yes, Kasadi, Kasadi. Um, you know the this the situation. You know, like there would have been strong words. We want we want explanations, whatever. And then you know, even and realistically, there still would have been a whole bunch of money exchanged behind the scenes, and it would go away. But we have the president of the United States saying it's like, well, it doesn't matter. He's not really an American, anyways, right? You know, but but so you get you have this. Um. You know the, the the American the American the American I don't know if we do it so much on the American side I, the, the the Soviet Union had a bunch of incidents like this back in the day um, but you know it was mostly it was actually I mean like mostly it was even that it was it was their satellite states and stuff like that that really kind of did all this ugliness um, part of part of why this is kind of a big deal is. Never mind that it was kind of a famous journalist. He he was um, big in with the, the 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 ruling set. So like you know basically he his family is kind of like the Bin Ladens or um, I can't remember it. You know like they're 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 very they're very wealthy people in 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 Saudi culture. You know, like they're 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 a bit like you know his 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 father was like the fucking personal doctor of the the the, the actual guy who started the kingdom of Saud. Um. So so what you're saying, Gunner, is that it's like it's, it's he's like, not just a great journalist, but he's a, he's a great journalist that would have had visibility by his home country, even if he were not a great journalist. Yes, it's 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 effective. It's what what went down is effectively if um. United States decided to kill one of the Co- the Koch brothers' sons or cousins right. in daylight, you know, like it, 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 or you know the the Bloom you know Bloomberg's kid or something like that. you know it's it's like it's 
this is kind of a big deal because they effectively murder they murdered you know one of the, one one of the upper crust not not the not the not the middle row gotcha. it's definitely um interesting i mean the other aspects of it are well i should say alleged you know possibly murdered right like one of the aspects is like <laughs> Well, you, you, it's just you don't. It's once again like, but I guess this is no secret. But it's shedding light on how shitty America's like best friends are, and they're not all shitty. But like Saudi Arabia's, it's not really nice to its people, right? Like it's 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 a pretty repressive, uh, repressive regime that that rules there, and we're so. It, this isn't anything new though. Like like Trump saying. Oh, he's not really American anyway. Yeah, is he kind of an idiot for going out and saying it? But frankly, any other member of any other regime that we've had here in this country, they weren't. They wouldn't do shit. They're not going to piss the Saudis off. It's too much money. That's well, it's always that case. You know, and, and and part part of it too is that we have this. So there 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 there's 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 kind of there's there's a couple other factors that work too and one 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 like like as technology kind of makes things more ubiquitous one of the things that they're talking about was that they were they were arguing whether he ever showed up to the embassy to begin with or the consulate to begin with yeah but there's cct footage of him going yes in. well yeah but the thing the thing is his fiance had a cell phone and he had his apple watch on and there's a sink and there's audio dump to that phone from the inside so they're trying to track down that right now but is that because the apple watch is always listening yes so what you're saying is that there's there, there, there's some there, forensics they can do on the phone to be able to capture some of the audio that was happening might not even be in the phone right it could just be in the cloud at this point well right? they, they're supposed well no, they're they're well there the app, were, there so were, there's two different ways the apple watch works uh-huh. um it can work directly through a cellular card, which most people can't afford, or it will go through a Bluetooth sync. For a Bluetooth sync, it needs to be, I believe, within 25 feet. Is it feet or meters? But it needs to be within a certain range of the phone. So I guess it would depend, Gunner, on how far away she was. Well, because if he had the 3G, he might have paid the extra for the 3G if he was a notable journalist because he could he could afford it. But most people would just go with the yeah. Bluetooth option. Well, it, but um, I guess part of this too is that the, someone attempted to delete or was deleting stuff off his iCloud account shortly in the period that he disappeared. Yeah, that's crazy. So, but but you know, again, so so there's there's, there's fucking skullduggery, and that that's open to speculation, and that's really just, but so. Um, I don't know if you followed Saudi politics at all, and the reason why this guy got pissed off. Or I, I do not. Okay, so they had um, the the previous king died, mm-hmm. and you have this new prince who's been kind who kind of took over. He's been consolidating power. Um, he he has like just kind of gone out of his way to stir shit up so he's he's the one who pushed to get the the qatar blockade set up 
What's a Qatar blockade? So Qatar is another country in, in Saudi Arabia. It's basically where primarily the entire, you know, like it, it, it because of the whole shitstorm that came from having the United States do military operations out of Saudi Arabia because of Mecca being there, we relocated and started this long-term alliance with Qatar, which is like another wealthy Gulf state. Um, you know, like they, they weren't they weren't super rich because they, they don't have oil, but their big thing is that they, they did natural gas. And once they came up with compressed, net, you know, like liquefied natural gas, that all of a sudden they became just as big an energy player as Saudi Arabia. Um, their politics are a little more liberal. You know, like there's this whole kind of cold, there's this whole kind of like fucking escalating cold war going on in, in the Middle East because Saudi Arabia basically wants to wipe out every other non-vassal state to them. And uh, as part of that, they've been... You know, they besides the United States weapon deals and stuff like that, they've they've been they've been using all of their influence buttons in the current presidential administration to just put the screws to everybody else. And this guy was one of the people who documented, or like, was publicly discussing all of the the extremely shitty stuff that the current Saudi king was doing. Which the, was the king also or the prince? You said the king. The died. prince. The prince. Well, he's now he's now king. He's now king. Okay. But um, as part of that too is that he was in that inner circle because they were they were crew. You know, like they 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 they, they rided together, they died together, as it were. But he was part of. He was he was he was in that. He was in that group mm -hmm. of the that that young people, and so he was very much involved at the at the point early point um Kasadi was also a big uh he had a, he had a, a big involvement with the Muslim Brotherhood which is this um besides the Muslim Islamic movement but it's also like you know like they were the ones that did that were primarily uh involved in that turnover in Egypt so they're kind of like they're 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 I mean, we're we're getting there but it's very hard to separate political and religious movements sure. in the Middle East. So I guess the thing is, he, he, or he, uh, Kasadi started airing a lot of dirty laundry about what was going on in there, and it was considered. It, never mind, like the fact that they don't want this stuff talked about. It was considered a personal betrayal, and the thing with the previous king to the current one, whose name I can't remember because of why would I? Why would I? I'm an American, and we don't care about this shit. Well, um, I think you know more than a lot of people. But you know the, the 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 gist is is that the previous king, um, despite all the kind of the, the what we would consider repressive stuff in the, the Saudi kingdom, he kept his he kept his he kept his laundry inside his own borders. Mm -hmm. You know, but the 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 new king has a very uh, Trumpian style. You know, like I, I, how'd you, how'd you say? he he doesn't have time for the niceties so what you're saying is most fingers point at the new king really yes with with, with this incident and that um with that assumption it, if that assumption is true then it kind of tells us something about the new saudi regime that yes that the the, the the effectively there are there are no you know we are not they're not respecting the old rules of if you're going to do some shady shit, keep it in the shade. Right. It's just like blatant. We'll do what the fuck we want. Well, it's, right. a, it's a gang war. It's it's the, you know, it's freaking the wire. You know, it's the, it, it's, 
as long as we as long as we can contain this shit to known areas, you know, and it doesn't fucking spill over into the the potty populace, it's just like I guess it's something we're gonna have to deal with. And it's, it's a control it mechanism because when you keep the shit in the shade and it doesn't get a lot of light shed on it, the general public typically doesn't care, right? It's yeah. not really affecting them. When you start doing blatant shit and it starts happening in people's communities and they see it happen. They start to notice, and then maybe they start to make some changes or take action to change right. things and shake things up. I mean, it's it's part it's partly why you hear you know whether that sticks or not. There's a whole bunch of people who have bailed on that fucking huge. So they they're so Saudi Arabia is doing you know like most of the Gulf states they're trying they're 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 trying to prepare themselves for a post oil economy world mm-hmm. because. Uh, Saudi Arabia actually has issues where fundamentally, you know, like you have the new king. I mean, like he's kind of doing his thing, but it's also that Saudi Arabia is almost broke mm-hmm. because they have these huge social, you know, like they have massive systemic unemployment. They have these huge social, like, I don't even, because it's not safety nets. Basically, they pay bribe money so that people don't fucking come and tear them out of their king, you know, tear them out of their fucking houses. Okay. But... Um, there, there's actually, there's a thing like our, our treasury secretary's going over there right now, but there's this huge investment meeting that they're, they're trying to get people to do these other like tech, you know, and they do these mutual funds and stuff like that. Um, they're one of the people that are driving up property values all around the United States because they'll, they'll, they'll sink it into that. But the, the thing is, is that like you have a lot, you know, whether, whether it sticks or not, you have a bunch of people who normally would not be fucking, you know, not have an opinion. Otherwise it's like, I can't, I can't go cause I can't actually fucking trust you. Like, you know, they're, they're, they're at that point. Like they, like this, 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 this may be the thing that finally just like, I can't trust you not to act like a fucking crazy mob boss because they uh, earlier this year they fucking kidnapped the head of the fucking. <laughs> Did actually do, do you remember, do you um Lebanon? They kidnapped the fucking head of a like they literally kidnapped the head of a fucking state like their president or prime minister, and like made him read a made him made him read it like brought him you know bagged him brought him back to Saudi Arabia made him read a statement and then they let him go and he's like. No, I didn't mean any of that. I mean, like, they're just fucking crazy. And they, 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 they like, they had a bunch of fucking special commando guys come into my house and fucking take me in the night. Well, the, what I thought was interesting is your statement about them preparing for the post-oil economy. I think that that's an interesting concept in general, right? Because we're, at some point, <clears throat> the economy is not going to be driven by oil. And the thing is, is that the you know, but you know, two which is that that is a reality to them, because you know, you know, whether we, we whether we hem and haw about that shit or not, that is a very real thing for them. And the thing, the the part of it too is that like the whole the whole the whole way that the Saudi royal family stays in power is that they can pay people to leave them alone. Yeah, that's true, but. And if they can't, if they, it, but you know, the money's got to come from somewhere, and that's, right? And that's the, your the, point, which is they're trying to get Western investment so that they can continue to. Right, but I mean, can, can a country survive solely off of investing into another country's economy? Um, don't they have to be able to? They create? do have. I mean, uh, the only the only one that I can think of is Israel. This I don't think Israel really has any type of uh, 
resource that they uh, like. It, I feel like their people are their resource, right? And they're kind of like America's resource. Like Israel intelligence is amazingly good, and they're our friends, and they're our friends for a reason. It's not because we like them; it's because it's a huge asset to us. I mean, we want those people on our side, not against us. Um, but like when you think of Saudi Arabia, like that's it. They're like oil, yeah. and that's it. And it's got to be. You know, 30 years ago, nobody thought, oh, you know, oil just keep pumping it from the ground. It'll always be, it's, it's like a sustained resource. But lately, specifically in the past eight years, um, it's been like, there have been talks about, you know, with the green movement and things like that and uh, alternative alternative uh, fuel sources. I think Saudi Arabia has seen the writing on the wall and it's probably pretty scary for them because if they can't produce oil anymore, they can't, the, the regime doesn't have a resource to control and gain money and power from, and then everything kind of crumbles at that point, right? Right. Uh, Qatar is also the country that El Jazeera is based out of, and a lot of the, a lot of the, uh, not you know, a lot of the the Saudi the Wahhabi aligned, uh, Arab world does not like them because they will. That they're they're you know propaganda claims aside, Al Jazeera actually attempts to be like a legitimate journalist organization, and that means that they talk about all the fucking bad sketchy shit that they do. Yeah, so that's the that's the Turkey kind of story that was in the news. Trace, you you saw a news story from Detroit, was it? Yeah. Sorry, my um my loner phone is giving me a hard time. Poop phone didn't make it, folks. Just an update. Yeah, yeah. That the porta potty phone is still uh, still in bad shape. It's a really shitty situation. It's got me pissed off. Pun intended. <laughs> okay. Well, um, <clears throat> this is an interesting story. This is this is local to Detroit, but it's made national news. Um, there is a funeral home in Detroit where they found the remains of three babies in the attic. And what more do we have? <laughs> well, they they didn't find four. No, well, yeah. So, um, see, I never trusted drops drop ceilings in funeral homes. I never trusted them. There's still an investigation, but the majority of it was the bones of these infants. Oh, it was remains. It was not actual. It was right. Okay. Um, and I, they don't even say how how old they are at this point. I don't believe they've done the carbon dating on them yet. But uh, they were mostly in bags and in shoe boxes. So. <clears throat> the the funeral home was already under investigation for for some other things, some bad practices for, that for, they were doing for for, for placing uh, for placing uh, adults in uh, in uh, the other the the attic or the other the other ceiling. And the uh, the infant remains eleven infant remains were found uh, were found in the attic, which is an interesting. It's to, to you know from a from a business perspective, it's interesting. The only thing that I can think of, because we were talking about this before the show, was <clears throat> maybe they were uh, billing clients for uh, like cremation, and then instead of actually, because I think cremation gets expensive, right? It's like it's like over a thousand dollars. I mean, expensive. Um, it's not nearly as expensive as a funeral, right? But still, yeah, like, it's cheaper. It's cheaper than than going through the process of of buying a grave, um, which 
I've only had to do it once. It was a one-time fee in, in the cemetery that I bought a grave in. Um, but the you have to you have to buy the grave. I think it was like five hundred bucks, um, it, it, and that's probably not even close to what it would be standard in large cities. But we happen to be in a small community here. I think it was about five hundred bucks to buy the grave. the The actual uh, <clears throat> the actual casket itself was. I want to say. We didn't get with the go with the cheapest. We didn't go with the most expensive, and it was in the thousands, right? Sure. Like three or four thousand dollars for that. Then that had to go inside. Um, I forgot what it's called, but it's like a concrete. Um, uh, it's like a basin. It's like it's like what they they pour it like under the ground. Correct? Is that um, kind of? I think it was delivered. I okay. think it was actually delivered. Oh, so it was preformed. And, stuff. and you have to pick a lining to go in the inside of it um, because they collapse over over time and the lining helps give like a like a water barrier so that the water doesn't make it in it doesn't collapse and that's like it's like this poured it almost looked like a poured concrete um thing and and you have to buy that and that's a couple thousand dollars and then if you do a tombstone which of course why would you and if you don't get a tombstone you have to pay per per square inch for where the tombstone is going to sit, they have to pour concrete on top of the grass so it doesn't sink in. And then the tombstone itself, anywhere from a few hundred dollars, and there's no there's no upper limit, right? Ours, I think, was was four or five thousand dollars for the headstone. Wow. So you're in just you're not even talking about the actual funeral services. Just just for the burial, um, you know, you're you're over ten thousand dollars easy. Uh, just for the burial, so and I think cremation is like a thousand, two thousand. I heard it was like between fifteen hundred and two thousand. Someone, someone had told me. So the only thing I could think of is that this funeral home found out that if they just kept some ashes around, that they could charge for cremation and falsify the paperwork. But then, what are they doing with like the the body part, the parts and stuff like well, that? I, I think mean, that's like- the scary part. Is like, who wants decomposing? Who wants decomposing bodies? I mean, like, let's let's be real. The whole fucking the whole fucking modern mortuary practice is a creepy as fuck. I mean, like, we we hit we have like it's yeah. creepy, but it's it's a legitimate business. Well, no, it's a legitimate business because we're silly. Because I mean, like, you, you know, like we used to. It's it's one of these things where it's like we fucking have a hold we have a holdover from a previous period in time. And, and I agree with you that it's silly, Gunner, but it's a business. I mean, I, I put a lot of thought into this, but. A lot of people want to see the body. Well, I mean, right? Like, do you, do you, I mean, like, do, do you know that? Do you know the basis of modern mortuary, like the the the, the 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 founding of the modern mortuary business? Because the, 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 there there is a specific there is a specific event, and it's effectively when they pickled Abraham Lincoln for his tour around the country, mm-hmm. and. You know, like, I like how you use the, the, the term pickle, pickle, by the way. <laughs> it's pickle Lincoln. Mm-hmm. Pickle. Throw some dill seed in there. No, um, I like bread and butter Lincoln. Uh, Ooh. Oh, jeez. <laughs> maple bourbon, uh, maybe a little maple bourbon uh, in the formaldehyde. Because, <laughs> I mean, like, you know, we, 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 I don't know if your house is not old enough to do, to have done that. My, or, like, my, uh, the, our previous house down in Canastota, I mean, we actually had, 
you know, my room was in what used to be the parlor, and the whole point of the parlor was that that was where they laid people, that was where they laid family members out when they were having services. That was the whole point of the parlor. No, that that's... was that was that was that was that's effectively that was that, it was an op- they kept that space open specifically to serve that. I mean, it, it, you did other stuff in it, but it was a room that was opti- You know, like. like it, 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 it's not if you were going to do it that's where you're going to do it yes they left gotcha. a space open opt they, they, they would have a part of the house that was built optimized to serve this purpose okay what's that got to do with pickling lincoln though no so but the thing was is that funeral funeral services were something that was pretty quickly done because people were kind of you know people tend to go bad over you know if they're not uh but but you know like the the whole the whole the whole Thing was, is that, I mean, like, you know, there's always been undertakers. You know, they've always, you know, you always talk about that, like, it's kind of a ghoulish thing, but part of that is just because it's, it's like the fucking, everybody gets creeped out by dead bodies mm-hmm. a little bit, and you know, right. so they, 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 it's, 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 it's collateral damage. It's right, like which is, which is why your, your opening statement saying that it's all creepy, it's like, well, of course, you're dealing with dead people. So keep going. So, um, you know, and again, it, it, it's this, it's, there's this whole thing, like, the concept, the, the concept of modern more is that you fuck with a corpse so that it lasts longer, so that you can, you, you can, you can. I mean, like, I understand that there are, um, you know, as a person who's had to bury quite a few people, I understand that there's a certain um, emotional component to that. But it's also like one of these things where I, I, you know, maybe this is just where I don't get it. So that you're I, talking about the, the, the act of preserving a dead body instead of letting it decay back into the ground. Yes, Right. And, and, and it is definitely something that here in the United States we think is important. Um, I think a lot of it comes with uh, religious roots. I know that you say it's because Abraham Lincoln was pickled, well, but we're not the only country. No, no, I mean like we, that we, 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 we've in, always we've we've always done it. I'm saying that the the current practice where we like freaking like pump out all their blood, mm-hmm. and it, you know like actually what the fuck the modern the modern cosmetics industry is based around formulas that were originally developed to make corpses not look as bad. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, like the whole, the whole, like the whole, you know, like, I mean, like, you know, there, there's always been, there's always been cosmetics per se, but the current stuff like foundation, everything like that, that's fucking corpse paint. That's where mm-hmm. that comes from. Yeah. Side, side topic. Um, because obviously we're old enough now that everyone has lost someone important to them. Um, some more, you know, significant than others. Do you feel because I think back now, and I think about like uh, so. I think like my grandfather, because we live with my grandparents, so uh, he's very close. Um, I was very, very close to my grandfather. Did he like pickles? He, yeah, of course. Did he he, he pickles his like, own stuff. He, actually, they pickled the uh, cucumbers. Man, they made did, pickles, homemade pickles, bread, uh, bread and butter pickles. Actually, but do I, I? When I think about it, I don't think seeing his corpse hindered the grieving process but i don't think it helped it either like mm-hmm. i don't i don't think it's it was i don't for me it wasn't necessary right um like in your in your experiences do you feel either of you question for both not at the same time obviously do, do you feel it was a help or do it, you think it really uh, mattered no, in, to you? in my case um in my case i didn't think that it helped me um so there's a couple of things right number one it's a tradition and it's tough to break tradition 
Tradition is that you either have an open casket or a closed casket. If you have a closed casket, there doesn't even need to be a body in there. It's closed, right? right. It's, a, it's, a, it's really just a token. Right? It's a token, right. And you go up, and, and a lot of it's you, you want to you kneel, and you want to you make some prayers, or you want to remember that person. It's, it's, it's a tradition. It, 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 there's, there's a very strong religious bond that people have with the ceremony. Um, a lot of people will say prayers. So that tradition is tough to break. In order to break that tradition, you have to you have to start taking those religious components out, which is almost impossible. But the other thing is is that as long as there's a body, right? As long as there's a body during the funeral services, as long as that's part of tradition, you have to employ somebody to prepare the body. And if you're not painting them with makeup, then you're scaring children. Now, some people believe that children shouldn't be at a funeral, and that may be true, but you don't want the body there unless it's been prepared for many reasons. Right, Gunnar? Because as long as the body being there, the body being there is the problem. That's really it. it it's that, is that we need it there. Now, for public figures and stuff like that, it kind of makes sense to go through the whole embalming process and the makeup in the open casket because you know people are still questioning whether or not Tupac is dead although by now I think it's safe to say he's dead I, I actually have um, you know and again this is where this, this you don't want to get too much like I have I have problems with it but this is like the irrational still I was going to join the seminary at one point you know like I, it's where, where I and the church came to an irreconcilable difference of opinion. Really? That was the only thing? One of <laughs> Oh, there's a bunch of things. But um, I consider it, the, you know, never mind, never mind like the, the... Can you at least agree that there is a business demand oh. for it? Well, Even yeah, but there's also, the there's also a business. There's also a business demand for you know people getting choked out while they jerk well, off. Well, I guess I'm what's not, your alternative? No, 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 no. I'm not talking about that. What's your alternative? I'm talking about legitimate natural death. There is a business demand for at least for public figures to be embalmed, to be preserved, wow. and to be seen. I just realized that I, I, I can because I unless that into the- <laughs> unless you hire the wax museum to recreate the person, it's difficult. It's difficult to show the world, hey, this is this is the person they've deceased. Come come pay in your respects. G- can you at least agree with that? Whether I, I or not w- it should be happening on a micro scale, I I want I I want to attach a caveat to this because the thing is is that this was a product. You know, again, like part of this, you know, like again, like we've always we've always had the the the, the concept, you know, because again, this gets into this idea of like the the body versus the person versus what you know, like what defines an individual. But it's also, it was an artifact of a time when we had a civilization that didn't have 18 fucking million photos and videos and fucking sound recordings of, 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 of said deceased before they, before they left. You know, like the, 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 the actual, you know, here we're saying our goodbyes was because, you know, like you, you didn't have any, you didn't have any representation of them aside from them physically being there and then they weren't going to be. And now with the advent of, Media that keeps that, that, that at least captures some of that. Again, it, it's like yeah, but nobody's you're, you're, cherishing the moments they have with the corpse. It's more of a separation, right? I'm not saying that I. I'm not saying that that I. I'm agreeing with you well, that it's a strange tradition. 
But what I'm saying is that, I mean, you open saying that like it's a, you know, it's a creepy business, draining the blood from the body. It's a creepy business. Yes, it's creepy because you're dealing with a dead body. But there is a, even if you say all bodies should be should be put into the ground to decompose, they, they should be just buried in dirt. They shouldn't have, uh, oh, you're, you don't, or they you shouldn't might. be in these boxes that take forever to break down, my my my, my father is asked that uh, if 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 the time comes, we just uh, we 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 find him an ice floe like the the Inuit do. We just take him out into the woods in the Adirondacks, and the barrel the barrel will have you know like he'll pass out from hypothermia, and the barrel will get him or something like that. Mm-hmm. Or you know you, 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 you know want, the ashes. Do you want that in your in the river that's coming down the hill, going into your backyard? Wow, your dogs drinking out of? I mean, like as opposed to what the deer. Yes. The deer and all the fucking other. No, I mean like actually that or uh, you know like again the other the other one was is that uh, if he had not made it with the uh, the heart operation there we were supposed to drive up to the Adirondacks and uh, pop the top off the 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 urn. Right, but the up. urn, yeah. But so my point is is that there is a there is a legitimate reason to go through the entire embalming process. Just maybe not for every family. Do you know that you well, have to be it, embalmed if you're you're cremated? Really. You have, they have to, That's they, they, weird. no, because again, this is, this is, this is where there is, there is no clear cut. You're a fuck, you're a fucking, you know, like there's no clear cut. You're a fucking monster or you're completely right. But yes, the funerary industry got legislation passed that you have to be embalmed even if you are cremated. Well, in fairness, so it's this probably is, for cleanliness purposes, this right? So, well, this sounds no. no it's, to be honest, it's probably so that the funeral home can recoup some of the money. They have to deal with it. Like there's right. no choice, right? Funeral homes are weird. It's it falls under those things. Like yes, it's a business first and foremost. And what it sounds like, you kind of have an issue with gutter, and I kind of get it, but I also get the other side. Is um, it sounds like an industry that had members in it that maximize their opportunities by offering these services and then eventually making these services mandatory because they're the ones they're the only ones that deal with it but they're also the only ones that are allowed to deal with it well you, you know and again it, it, it's you know you get into this kind of dumb thing because my, my my you know it was immensely impractical my grandfather's my grandfather's request when he passed away was that like if if in some way shape or form he could be like tossed into a night of lake so he could feed all the fish that had you know he could mm-hmm. you know he figured he'd eaten so many fish out of it they may as well get a crack at him when he passed away you know but but you know but there there's there's a very real lack of agency that you have you know and again you could say that like I'm not even saying you so like if I die I have two things i can t- i can say which is that either i want my body donated to science or you know you go through the funeral process and like even if i specify that it's like oh well, they're still gonna fucking you know you know again and you could say that it doesn't matter it doesn't matter because you're fucking you know you, you, it's not like you're using it at that point but it's it's weird that we get so hung up about agency and everything else, but like we're fine with like fucking well, having somebody else tell us what what you can do what you can do with your fucking body once it's dead. Yeah, and I mean there is there's regulation around it. You know, no, because, I just no, there, I just went through it two years ago, and um, a lot those the, certain costs that the funeral home has, they actually they they actually have to like highlight and point out that yeah. they came from another. Yeah entity they have to be clear about the things that like like the like the 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 grave for example they have to to like highlight that and say i did not make this price 
This came from somebody else. And they have to say, but the casket, you're buying that from me. And I came up with that price. So the, the state is, is, at least in New York, they've gotten pretty good about forcing the funeral homes to be upfront about where the costs come from, yep. explaining the costs, and they're not allowed to mark up those costs. So if the grave costs $500, they can't take a 10% commission on the grave because it's it's almost compulsory like you you're, you're almost forced to go through your local cemetery and it wouldn't make sense for them to get a cut um however if you want to get gold I mean, plating on your casket they're going to charge you I mean like they're going to charge you extra I mean like you know and again our our you know like the although I got to make sure that they actually like drew up their paperwork for that I got to do that at some point too cuz I'm going to live dangerously in the next 10 years so um, but you know, like my parents have pretty much made clear what their, their wishes are, but there's this whole additional stuff that they're going to have, you know, like, you ne- never mind, like, you know, and, and I'm not even conventioning about that. My mother wants to be buried under a tree on the farm, you know, on, on the farm itself. Mm-hmm. Is she allowed to do that? Well, no, cause uh, I mean, she's going to have to cremate you. She's going to have to cremate it. Cause like they, they won't, you know, and it's, it's, it's. I mean, like there, there are certain there are certain things that I I, I perfectly understand because you know uh, dead bodies are de- decomposition is. God, uh, wouldn't you rather she she goes through the cremation process though? I mean, do you really want to dig and bury your own mother? The other thing too is I wonder how actually the uh, whole final wishes thing. It doesn't matter what they want. And sorry, I mean, it, it's it's no offense to your mother's wishes. It doesn't matter what she wants. It's up to the kids or whoever whoever survives them. It really doesn't matter what they ask for. You just do what you do. You do what you can afford. You do what you think that they would want. Um, the kids kind of you know band together and come up to an agreement with what they would do. It doesn't really matter what they wanted because they're gone. No, we we, we doesn't fucking had, matter. It's honestly it it's never mattered for. I want a party for me like, after I die. Yeah, like Shut fulfilling the fuck up, their dying, dead. Their, their death wish essentially is just like to help you kind of move on type of thing. I think that's like the last thing. But the, that being the only said, way they can have their services the way that they want them is if they have them before they die. Right. The decompo- decomposing bodies and things like that. Diseases can come of that. It's not really. I'm, dude, I live in a, I live in a, I live on a livestock farm. We deal with the shit. We deal with the shit all the fucking time. It's not figuratively and literally. Yes, it's it's. I know. think um, a lot of people have a problem with funeral homes because I I do believe that there are some um, situations that that happen, and I don't I don't know how often it is because I'm not in an industry. I mean, all 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 the, all the places in town are classy. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash them. But like I think sometimes um, it's a such an emotional, a lot of the time like an emotional hit, and the people that have to deal with it are the people that are most emotionally compromised. Right. right. Yeah. I think some people kind of look at it as, well, these people are kind of being taken advantage of here with the amount that they're having to pay without maybe even looking at the price tags and things like that of how much things actually cost. Well, it, and it's 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 actually I mean like although, life insurance obfuscates it even more. I'm sorry to talk over you, but life insurance obfuscates it even more because what happens is somebody dies, they have 
$20,000 in life insurance, $10,000, $50,000, $100,000 in life insurance. Now, there's final expenses associated with people dying, right? You, uh, there might be um, th there might be credit card debt. There might be um, there might be a, a car or something like that. There's final expenses, but you get to get a slice of that that life insurance and say, "Well, hey, we got a budget. We got a budget for a casket right now. We got a budget for um, <clears throat> for how big this this headstone is going to be." So I think that, like like you said, Wade, like. You, you can be you can be taken advantage of emotionally, but it's it's even crazier because you have a pile of money that you normally wouldn't have had at the time of of, of all of the services. So you're you're not going to argue with the undertaker. You're not going to say sorry. Um, you know you got to come down five hundred dollars on that casket before I purchase it. That type of negotiation isn't going to happen. But you're essentially buying a painted shiny new car. It just happens to be. And that aspect that's is, actually, is I, weird. One, um, you know, that's that's kind of I don't know. That's kind of a brutal. <laughs> that's kind of a brutal. But you are because right? you're literally paying. You're literally paying for someone to put a new coat of paint. A new coat of paint under the ground. Yeah, but that's what you're doing, right? I mean, you walk in, you're like, oh, I like the one that's made out of wood. Oh, I like the one that's made out of metal. Well, I I think that that person would want blue trim. I think that person would want pink trim, and all it is is it's really like when you have the gathering and they're and they're lowering it into the uh, into the ground, you want something nice, and it's you there, there there's probably an industry of like of like uh, couch covers you can throw over a shitty pine box where it kind of looks nice but you didn't have to buy the whole thing but I like the, it wasn't offered to me. It's it's kind of like a weird thing. Um, because I I would just like to see like if it really helps the grieving process because it's fucked up anyway. Does it really matter? They've they've done they've done some. I I wish I could remember what the fucking result. I've seen that they've actually done some studies on this, and it, it helps people with the grieving process if if a nice looking thing is going to the ground as it's, opposed it's, to it's, it's it's more new it's more nuanced than that. But this is why I say you're fighting tradition though, Wade, because it's kind of like saying does the uh, does a Catholic wedding ceremony. Increase the longevity of a wedding. Well, it doesn't really matter because because the culture won't change. It, it takes a long, long time for culture to drop that tradition. Well, you know, um, it takes a long, long time or a radical change in economic situations. Right. If it no longer becomes economically viable or practical, people will change. I, my our generation, I hear way more people say, "Just fucking cremate me and make it easier for everybody mm -hmm. else than well, the previous one." This this gets this gets into some weird uh, so. And again, that, that I, I, I will do my best to to, 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 to to straddle this topic and not like fucking devolve into. Free. So this gets into this whole like Judeo-Christian Abrahamic inheritance of like how we handle you know like how we handle bodies you know because ultimately our culture is informed by that right now at least in the West. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, and there's this whole idea that you basically you have to keep the body inviolate. For you know, for the, for in preparation for resurrection, you know the 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 the, the return. Yeah, but people are becoming more educated now. I I would oh, no. I would hate to believe that a lot of people think that this resurrection is like like you must realize bodies decompose. So when you come back to life, you're gonna be what a fucking zombie, like a court, like a half rotted corpse. Well, you know, but the thing is, is that even that, if you look, if you look, if you look in the the. the Again, if you, if you look if you look in the uh, the 
the scripture or the, the, the literature they talk about is that effectively you're supposed to be given a new perfect body at, well then what the fuck matters if you get mm-hmm. cremated or not do it like the egyptians and no, nobody gives a shit unless you're important well no and, and, and then we then we preserve your body for thousands of years but i mean like you know but even even that like you know there were there were there were lower class and middle class egyptian zombies or uh, zombies zombies <laughs> <laughs> Well, no, but I mean, like, because actually that, that gets back because that even that, like, you know, that gets into this Walk whole thing. Walk like, like an Egyptian zombie. You know, whether you, whether, you know, like we, we, there are huge swaths of human history that are kind of just too complicated for people to fucking really want to spend a lot of time thinking about because it's just like, and the, and the, and the, and to be entirely fair, I get that because it's like, I got fucking shit I need to do and I don't, I can't, I can't fucking sink time into dealing with the weird shit right now but um because p- part of it too is that like it gets into the question of like where do certain things in the abrahamic faith come from because that there is a very real egyptian thread through that of like well the body has to be invite you know the body has to be kept inviolate i don't yeah. i don't think too many people are going to argue with you that the body's meant to go back into the ground i think that we all believe that the, the problem with the statement is that it's it's very difficult to to reverse or to stop or to change something that is so ingrained in our culture. I say and, I say we, I say we go like Dune, where they just like they they turn us to dust and and take all our water out. So you know, like three, you know, like like actually, you you saw the movie Dune, right? Oh yeah, Dune is David, David, awesome. David, you know, no, I'm 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 saying that we what we should do is we should just be like when they have the the Freeman's dehydrator. So Are you they fucking even, saying liquefy people or no? Or I'm take, saying I'm saying they recover, they, they, take, they take they take our water. That is our testament. I think no matter what we because do in, in the future, cursed Earth. I think no matter what we do with our corpses, Gunner is going to criticize it. No, I'm, I'm a, uh, you know, again, like I, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm hoping that I'm at least disintegrated in an amusing anecdote. Yeah, see, I, I think Gunner would only be happy if there was a Rube Goldberg, uh, uh chain of events i mean like i would decompose the body i would i would like to i would like like to avoid morbid willy wonka machine yeah like like wade your body your limp dead body that's in rigor mortis and starting to decay is getting lifted and dropped and it like hits a like a platform and then somebody else's body is on there waiting just waiting for because they need for the rube goldberg they need a lot of bodies and it launches it's got probably like a like a lighter body I mean, maybe one of the 11 babies that was found in the funeral home, maybe one of them, maybe a baby, launches that, and then it hits a bowling ball. The bowling ball comes down. It like a mousetrap. Yeah. I, uh, some I, t- yeah. Well, yeah. actually, my... my, my I think my, Gunner would only be happy if the bodies were decomp... The bodies went through a full, strange, unexplainable process, and he'd be like, he'd be like, well, my this random, unexplained process is no more or less relevant than... This weird thing of pickling the body. Volcano. Riding a giant mechanical whale and vaporizing during re-entry or fired into the sun. It's really those are those yeah, are. My see? Th- <laughs> see exactly. So Gunner, that's we'll, we'll we'll work on culture. We'll start today. Yeah. It's- and by the time you die, the mechanical whale will be ready. You know what? Why not all of them, I, I, Gunner? I, you know what? Why not all of them? Well, because we'll ride I a mechanical have- whale through space. Um, into a volcano, but the volcano is really no, just is, is a passage the to the sun. 
And that's... I just... Listen, I just... Again, it's Slim Pickens, Dr. Strangelove, him riding the bomb. <laughs> I'm going to change topics on you, fucker. Talk about bomb. We're going to talk about... Boom, 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 um, bing, boom, boom, my boom, first Comic Con experience. I was at uh, Syracuse Comic Con yesterday. Um, and I'm just going to kind of talk about it in general. So, Shauna actually saw that this was coming up. I didn't even know it was happening this weekend until a couple days ago. Uh, but she bought tickets for it because she was like, You're off, and you've always said you wanted to go to one, but you've never gone to one. So she bought like these VIP passes um, where we could get there oh, an hour before everybody. Ballin. It was $16 Gunner at Syracuse. <laughs> well, it's a state. Actually, let's not even say it. It's, it's not even just because it's Syracuse. It's the state fairgrounds. That was cheaper than crunch tickets, the hockey tickets. Yeah. Actually, last year they hit it. The, last year they hit it at the Memorial Center. Or the, well, the was that nothing. the Salt City one or the Syracuse one? Because there are two and they're like very close to each other. Oh, I thought it was. Cause I, I thought it was. Like in the scheduling too? Yeah. Okay. So we go in and like the big attraction, like the biggest names. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, have you seen the television have- show Comic Book Men? with no. Kev- uh You know Kevin Smith, the director? Yeah. Jane Silent Bob. Silent yeah, Bob, Silent Bob. Too. Yeah. So he has um, friends that were in Clerks. And, uh, you know, his high school friends and, and, and friends from New Jersey. Kevin Smith's from New Jersey. And um, they run a comic slash toy store mm-hmm. in Jersey for him. And the, they got, like, a show. They do a podcast and things like that. And uh, two of the guys on the television show, it's been it's been in, um, on primetime television for uh, four seasons, five seasons maybe, several years. So they're, they're, they're global. They're, Definitely known throughout the country, anyway. I don't know how globally known these and guys. What's it called? Comic Book Men. And it's and it's a TV show. It's a it's a reality television show about like the day to day going on, goings on at a comic shop. So it's kind of like one part um, Pawn Stars. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. And actually, it's kind of just Pawn Stars with comic books and, and toys. I, I remember there being, and correct me if I'm wrong. I remember there being a cartoon for Jane Silent Bob that didn't do well. Yes, there was a Clerks, an animated Clerks. Oh, series. that's what it was, animated yeah. Clerks. Okay. Well, it was. It, let's be fair; that wasn't actually intended to go too long, anyways. It was kind of. It was kind of a, like the second episode. You know, like it, again, it was to take the piss out of the whole idea of it, because the second episode was a clip show about the first episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, so, what network is this? Reality? AMC. AMC's got it. Yep. Okay. So, because actually, because they they also had so they have Comic Book Men, which is just the, the is. That the, the the group chat one, or is that the one where they actually are running the fucking comic book store? Comic book men is where they, so those group chat, those like podcast points, like yeah. those get, so they do a podcast right that's mm-hmm. recorded in, in the studio, <clears throat> and they put some of the clips of the podcast actually into the show, like sure. to talk about or preface what's about to happen to give a little information and background, and then they show oh, what okay. happens during okay. the situation. Essentially, I mean the gist of it is mostly is um, negotiating. Like certain comics, like how much they can sell a comic for, how much they could really buy a comic for, and and then then the shenanigans that happen, you know, in life, whatever. Like the, the different quirky personalities that these guys have, right? Just like pawn, just like pawn, uh, pawn, stars. pawn stars, yeah, yeah. very much like that. Without minus the podcast part, minus the podcast. Podcast well. sounds like it makes it better though, because it's almost like they can summarize their 
their week or their day or whatever, and they can use that almost as a they're like double dipping on a narration. Yes, absolutely. It's a, I think that's a pretty big part as to why it is as successful as it is. Um, because it kind of it kind of sets up the scene, and yeah. you don't have any questions. It's just that's go very and, and what smart. happens in it. So um, Brian and Mike from uh, Comic Book Men were like the big names that were going to be there. Okay, they're also the voice actor the the voice actor for the American version of Dragon Ball Z, Goku, um, and some a bunch of other uh, Master Funimation Sh- titles. Uh, Ma- Master Shake, Master Shake. Yep, he was there. Um, the author of Black Lightning was there, um, so a bunch was, of names. It was it was a decent it was a decent spread for a, that tier con. Um, but the big draw was the comic book man. That was kind of like my thing. Like, okay, I want to go get a picture with them and, and talk to them. And have you been watching their show? Yeah, I've been. I've been. I've watched comic book man. I, I would definitely consider myself not like a super fan, but definitely a fan. Like, yeah. if it's on, I'll watch it. I, I think it's good television. It's it's. There's nothing crazy dramatic. There's no. Fucking weirdness. It's just mm-hmm. funny stuff. It's it's harmless essentially, but it's interesting too. Yeah. Um. Not like other reality television shows, which are kind of skeeve me out a lot of the time. And, and how do you watch that? Because you don't have. Do you have cable? I do have cable. Oh, I have okay. every channel. I just never watch it. You just never watch it. <laughs> it's like the on like the weird like off nights that I might like might check out television. Mm-hmm. I'll just if it's on, I'll watch it. How about you, Gunner? Do you have to steal it? Uh, I mean, like YouTube, we have we. Stream oh, they have everything. like clips of it on YouTube. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, you can definitely we, check clips out on YouTube. I mean, like we we stream everything. I have I have caved for uh, ubiquitous access to to television media yet at the farm yet. Although that's probably going to happen here in the next couple months. We need satellite. We need satellite internet. I can't. I can't live on fucking seven hundred sixty-eight kilobits intermittently. So we get there, and it was a little. There wasn't much there at first. It seemed like wow, there's not a lot here. There's it's it's in one building in the state on the state fairgrounds, so it's, mm-hmm. it's it's small. I think it actually may have been the dairy building. And the state fairgrounds, the New York State Fairgrounds you're talking about, is the largest state fair in the entire country. Yeah. So it's a huge fairgrounds, and they just use one of the buildings, which is a big building. Don't get me wrong, but it's just one building. Mm-hmm. So we get in. And um, we start making the rounds, right? We start checking things out. And uh, I see the comic book men kind of like down by like where the food court is because there's also like, you know, place that they make food there. <clears throat> and we're heading there. And I'm like, yeah, let's like check out some of the vendor stalls. So it's like vendors set up almost in a circle. And then there are vendors set up on the outside as well. Then there's like a bounce house and a VR station as well for like. You got the a kids. bounce house? Oh, like yeah, like a bounce ass fucking playground. I it won't was make, big. Because all these comic castle. book fans have procreated and they got to do something with those kids. And I will say it was very family friendly. Like mm-hmm. you could definitely bring kids. It would it would be fun for everybody. It was pretty cool. So I was expecting. I wasn't sure what to expect. I was dressed. You know, nothing, no cosplay or anything like that because it was my first one. Wait, were there cosplay there? Dude, there were fucking awesome cosplayers there. Really? It's a, th- it's a thing. I though. was so surprised because I was like, yeah, it's Syracuse, it's Syracuse Comic Con. Yeah. It's not like a huge one. There was this one guy with, uh, he had, uh, I didn't stay, we didn't stay till, till, um, because there was a, a cosplay competition or whatever. And then the people got voted and top prize was $2,000 cash, which is pretty sweet. But there was this one guy, the one that probably stood out the most to me, and there were some great ones there. So, 
this guy had a war Warhammer 40k Space Marine armor. So it's like it's just a giant fucking dude in this like awesome like I think the Blood Reavers or the Blood Pact or whatever was like his like the the sect he was representing, but it was like he had this giant fucking battle axe. It just looked really, really cool. And he had spent clearly so much time and attention to detail. I was just very, very impressed. And I was very, very impressed with a lot of the cosplayers. Yeah, don't get me wrong, there were some janky ones too. But in a weird way, like I was kind of um wonder I, I felt like I'm a huge nerd, but I if you looked at me probably from a societal aspect, I probably just look like a normal square. You know what I mean? Like I <clears throat> not too many eccentric things about me. Um, so I kind of wondered, like, A, am I just going to get looked down upon because, like, this is kind of like nerd nerd kingdom and I don't look like a nerd. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't like that at all. Everyone was super fucking cool. Everyone was really friendly. And then, B, I was like, man, are these janky-ass cosplayers, are they going to get shit on because they don't have, like, this this cool, nice stuff? And, dude, it wasn't like that at all either. It wasn't like either. that at all, right. It was like this... It was like this place of, like, everyone was accepted, everyone was friendly and nice, no one was a dick. You're probably intriguing to them because I would consider you, um, in walking life, more of a closet case. Not really because you're open about it, but but like you said, I mean, if, if people if people <laughs> were to look you up, senses of the word. <laughs> if people were to look you up on LinkedIn, like you said, they they, they would look at you. I mean, you're big into sports. They could they could probably they could probably look at you and judge that. Um, but but yeah, they. You, you're not the type of person that I would bump into at a Comic-Con not knowing you and think that you're into these things. So you might actually be more intriguing to some of these people, right? It's You're like the clientele that 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 is out there that is that doesn't wear that doesn't wear the comic uh, the love for comics on their sleeve everywhere that they go and uh, and it might even be more intriguing, right? You, you, because you don't, you're you're not from the you're not from a, a mold. Why are you sighing? I'm just, I'm, re- I'm reading up on Dragon Con because that was the thing I was going to talk about after this, but it's the Marriott's already sold out <clears throat> for 2019. We'll figure oh, it wow. out. So you can't get in, Gunner. No, 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 we no, can't no there's, get there's five hotels. There's five hotels. It's just that the one the one that's the coolest one is already like fuck. It's ninety five bucks a fuck. It's ninety five dollars. A pass for Dragon Con. Mm-hmm. Never mind the ho- never mind the hotel adventure. We'll get back to Dragon Con. Okay. <clears throat> so it was really cool in that aspect. Um, I was really surprised. Like everyone was super friendly. Everyone was very complimentary to everybody. Like so it was cool. Now one of the things. Um, so we were checking the booths out, and this one guy, I got to give him credit. He's a great salesman. He mm-hmm. uh, he did some illustration for Marvel and for DC. Um, and his stuff is still in uh, the bedroom, so I'm gonna. No, wait, there it is, right there. It's not in the bedroom. The Deadpool, the dead, the Deadpool stuff, right? Yeah. So there's like some uh, artwork that he had done in the '90s um, for Deadpool. He did some Star Wars artwork as well. Um, and these are just reprints with his signature on them, um, and that was cool. Um, Garner, how famous a guy is? Uh... Oh Jesus. So, so one of them is, uh, who is that? Is that Han Solo? That's, that's Obi-Wan, Obi-Wan Kenobi. Kenobi. And that's Darth Vader. So he did, there's an interesting story to this piece. He did this for the Phantom Menace before any details about the Phantom Menace were released. So they said, like, we want you to do a Star Wars piece. Um, 
about this upcoming movie. We can't tell you anything about this upcoming movie. So he was like, what do you want me to do then? And they were like, well, you know, just, just come up with something. How about a lightsaber duel? And he's like, I only have the characters from the previous Star Wars movies. Like, there was no, like, Darth Maul and Qui-Gon Jinn. Something, something, the, the third. Charles, something, the third. And it says he wrote Feel the Force. He signed it with the third. The third's the only thing legible in his signature. And uh, what does it mean down at the bottom? It says 36 out of Okay, 50 so this KG. is the cool part. There are only 50 of these prints in existence. Oh, okay. That's it. They will never be reprinted again. Um, there's only 50 of them. So they're kind of like collector's items. Did you, did you come with your tube? Your safety tube? Uh, no, I had a bunch of plastic um, kind of no. wrappers in a plastic bag. No, do, this... do, you, do you know who that is? No, who is the blue guy with that? The... Is Carrier Man? Who the fuck is Car- like because, Syracuse Carrier Corporation? Yes, because, oh Jesus! Because, wow. Because that back in the day, in the eighties, in the Post Standard, there was a local superhero comic. By the name of Carrier, and like you had, you, you had, you had the, the main guy was a, uh, the Kingpin. But yeah, because uh, I'm. So this, all of these posters are about the same size. What size would you say these are? It's almost like US eight and a half by or, uh, it's 11. eleven by seventeen. Eleven by seventeen, and yeah. is, that, is that a common? I think yeah, it's a common. Eleven by seventeen and eight and a half by eleven are um, two uh, kind of common printing standards. Now these one, these, you have two of these. I'm guessing one for you and one for Shauna. And yep. this looks like the. Is this an official poster from the Syracuse? Yep, that Comic-Con? is the poster that that came. Uh, that is the official poster for the con. And I'm looking at it, and of course, I'm not into the the comic books as much as you guys are. So you need to help me out with this. Um, I definitely see a guy that's got his arms stretched. That who is that guy? That's not that's Mr. Plas- Fantastic. That's Plastic Man. So that's Plas- so the dude with the h- half orange, half blue that's mask. That's Deathstroke. That's Deathstroke. Deathstroke. I'm sorry. Okay, this Deathstroke. Is Plastic, Plastic Man. Man. Um, this, this is, is uh, from uh, who's that? That's, that's Goku. Goku from Dragon Ball Z. Goku from Dragon Ball Z. And is that that's the one who you said the guy did the voice of? The voice actor, yeah, Kirby. So, um, that's Black Lightning. Kirby Morrow. Okay. Is, is the is the voice actor? And then Black Lightning, like you said, they're all—all all of these guys are hanging out on a um, on a huge Ferris wheel in this in this picture, which is the New York State Fair's kind of. Oh sure, okay. The, part of like because it's at the fairgrounds. It's like part of the. Uh, that's like the most recognizable thing about the fairgrounds is probably the. And then you got the drink from Aqua Teen Hunger Force. What's his name? Shake Master, Master Shake. Shake. Master Shake. And then who's the who's the black woman at the bottom? Uh, that is that Misty Knight. That's a good question because I know uh, Gunner. I, I pulled up the name of the artist. I'm sorry, Charles Barnett the third. Okay. You ever heard of him? Uh, that's what my brain's trying to think. No, I'm that's I'm... a no. <laughs> so Charles Barnett signed all of these Syracuse posters. He's not the one that actually drew it, though. It looks like um, Syracuse Comic Con had a guy named Jorsak actually make the drawing. Was Jorsak there? Um, I want to say, yeah, George. Yeah, Sanders that's him. Yeah, too. he was definitely there, and he signed my. He signed both of our. Um, oh, nice! Both of our posters. Very cool. Okay, so so the the first guy that you talked to was this Charles guy. Yeah, what a salesman! He was. Uh, he was a bit pushy. Um, he definitely smelled blood in the water and knew that I was new to it. So he sold me a 
several prints, <clears throat> which I'm happy with. You know, they're they're collectibles. They're they're nice looking for sure. That's like the Deadpool one. And there are some smaller prints um, in there as well. Some like eight and a half by elevens. The Deadpool one is a pretty generic um, comic book cover, right? Comic book cover, yeah. And it's got some goblin in the background. Is he gonna? Is, is he the Goblin Slayer in this case, or oh, is God, he going to not. go rape somebody? Oh, God, I hope not. Hey, the the second episode came out, and I it was only it. mildly rapey. Yeah, it wasn't too rapey. Really? Yeah. Although, it, was, it wasn't it was quite, yeah, it wasn't quite as metal as the first one. No. Uh, but, but it was, it was pretty good. bad. So what's interesting here is that the print has, so he wrote Maximum Effort, he signed his name, but then you can see his old signature here on it. You see that, Wade? Yep, absolutely. So he has his initials with with the Roman numeral three. It looks like at some point he switched from from the Roman numeral III to the Roman numeral IIV. So he he's still the third, but he kind of switched Just in it a up. different way. Yeah. <clears throat> so I purchased those things and I was pretty happy with them, and then I went to go talk to the comic book men. And I got so fucking weirded out, I couldn't go. Like, I walked by their booth at uh-huh. least 15 times. Really? And they were there. And it was, could have waited in line. Not a long line either, honestly. Not a long got, line at all. You got butterflies like a little bitch? No, it was this weird, I felt awkward. Like, really, really awkward. Because I'm going to walk up, I'm going to pay 20 bucks for a picture with them. Mm-hmm. And maybe chit-chat with them, but it's like forced chit-chat. Like, I don't yeah. know if these guys would talk to me in real life. There was something very strange about it. And I'm a fan of their show. So it's like they do put out a product that I'm mm-hmm. a fan of. They are artists in their own sense, in their own right. But I could not I could not bring my, no matter how many times I walked by, I couldn't bring myself to stop and talk to them. I think about this moment a lot because uh, when you see somebody on television, you know you know quite a bit about how, at least how they act. If it's a reality show, then you actually know quite a bit about them. But they don't know anything about these people that are walking up to the booth. And it's a very one-sided relationship when you walk up. And yeah, what do you do? They're not going to watch a reality show about you in the next 20 seconds. And it would be different if it was like an organic experience. Like in the wild, I saw this guy like, Mm -hmm. hey, I know who you are. Really nice to see you. I'm a big fan of the show. Would you mind if I snapped a photo off? The guys will get a kick out of it, right? But this is like this weird staged thing where it's I'm like, like opportunistic and take my money. Here's take a picture with me. I this want is, a picture with you. It's it was so I couldn't bring myself to do it. Like yeah. I just couldn't. Um, yeah, it would have been better if you had like like twenty questions you've been dying to ask these guys, and you came prepared with those. If not, then yeah, what are you going to do? So I we 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 circled the con quite a bit. So then I stumble on this booth, and I see the stuff that's in plastic right now, Trace, is the stuff I'm about to talk about. So I see, the first thing I see is the, the darkness one. He's got it up like on the wall. And for those that don't know, um, uh, there's, a sh- there's a movie called Legend. Back in the 80s, it's like Tom Cruise before Top Gun. So like right after Risky Business... But right before Top Top Gun, right before he really, really, really blew up into a mega superstar, one of the biggest Hollywood stars of all time. But it's this crazy... It, it was directed by Ridley Scott. 
Tim Curry is in it. It has probably some of the greatest practical effects I've ever seen in a movie. Um, and just like it's just a it's crazy. It's just a, it's a crazy movie and it's awesome. But for some reason, never caught on commercially because most of the people that I know didn't know about this movie until I I or uh, someone else maybe exposed them to it later, significantly later in life. I remember watching Legend um, on the local like antenna broadcast of Fox. I remember tuning in and watching Legend, and I usually cut into some scene where Tim Curry, scary as fuck, dressed up as this what? It, what is Darkness? You, is, Darkness is, is the character's name? name, but he looks like he's he essentially looks like a minotaur with a human head. Like he's just he's got like bull legs and a human torso and a demon head, kind of with like giant horns coming out of the sides and pointing up, giant black horns. And there are unicorns that are very very integral to the plot of the story um and essentially it's a good flick so go check it out if you haven't checked it out but it's kind of obscure you don't ever hear anyone talk about legend or reference legend right like but it's such an epic film in my opinion like so i saw this and i was like holy shit and then i see a bunch of other stuff like there's some teenage mutant ninja turtle stuff and there's some alien stuff some some of this guy's own drawings of these things so i this guy's name <clears throat> Excuse me, is Brandon Whipple, W-H-I-P-P-L-E. Definitely check him out. Um, he's he's an awesome, awesome artist, and he's local. He's down in Moravia, which is about an hour south of Syracuse. And um, we were talking, and uh, you know, I was like, oh, man, you know, I really... Because he also had the Max, which is one of my favorite comic book characters, which is kind of crazy and will tie into our last topic. But, like, the Max... Um, no one fucking draws the Max. Like, no one likes the Max. He's this giant... I, I, didn't, I didn't get a print of the Max, but he's this giant purple fucking dude with a giant mask with giant teeth. Like, and it's a super interesting... And that's actually... Gunner, you might know this, because I don't know if that's the case. Spirit Animal... The term Spirit Animal is probably made famous by Fight Club. The movie Fight Club. Yeah. With the Penguin. But the Max was referencing Spirit Animal yeah. before Fight Club. Yeah, no, it was it was the it was the Max kind of had this like blurb of alternative popularity right around the same time as uh, like actually there was an MTV cartoon. Yeah, there, there was um, uh, the head and the Max. I think were on at the same time. Yes. It was like MTV Oddities, I believe, was the name of the uh, the program. Yep. And yeah, it was a cartoon, and it was actually pretty badass. Like it was actually yeah, it was like really really good, pretty gritty. Very interesting, but um, I go up to this guy, uh, to, to Brandon, and we're talking about his art, and um, just you know how I thought it was pretty cool that he had the Max up there and Legend, like two relatively obscure uh, characters in um, in media, and I was we were talking about Ninja Turtles, and I was like, you know what you should do. I was like, you should do a drawing of Usagi Yojimbo. Uh, he's like, oh man. He's like, that's crazy. He's like, I had, a, I used to have like the action figure. And I was like, I had the same action figure. He's like, yeah, with like the samurai like armor and stuff. I was like, yeah. So for those that don't know, um, Usagi Yojimbo is a kind of an auxiliary character, like not not a central character, but one of the characters from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. And um, he was like. Dude, you're you're doing like you, you. If you want me to do it, he's like, I'll do a commission for you. And I'm like, well, what's that? And he's like, I'll draw. I'll do a drawing of Sagi Jimbo, like, 
right here today. He's like, I should have it before you guys leave. He's like, you know, just check on it. Come back and check on it. He's like, you know, but for uh, a price, I'll do it. And that's what Trace Trace is picking it up now. The the, the drawing you did. And and what what's this called? That's Usagi Yojimbo. Usagi Yojimbo. And he's from the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Well, it's oh, par- well, I this mean, guy's like from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, he, he's 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 there, he's his own continuity. They kind of overlapped. Uh-huh. So like you. And and he picked this guy for you because he- I said I was talking to him about um, just you know essentially eighties iconery and things like that, and I said he was. He was doing a drawing for somebody, and it had to do with a rabbit. I was like, oh, you know what would be cool, man? I was like, I don't know if you know him, but uh, you should uh, you should draw you should do a drawing of Usagi Yojimbo. And he was like, well, why don't you commission it, man? I was like, what do you mean? He's like, you pay me this amount of money. He's like, and I'll draw. I'll do I'll do a drawing today for you. By the time that you're ready to leave the Comic Con, it'll be done. So he a knew who that was. And B just like drew that for me at the fucking Comic Con, you know, and and this looks, this is this looks really good. Did, now, did you see? You can see a little bit of pencil on here, sure, but it, it looks like he eventually had to go through and and do the you know the strong border with a marker. I would assume a marker well, yeah, or a pen. Yeah, yeah, well, yeah, because it's it's. I mean, depending on the the artist preference there, but yeah, you'll have your you'll have your pigment, you'll have your Micron drawing pens and your Pigma markers, but yeah, no, it's it's a nice piece. So <clears throat> it was just really, really. Uh, I've never had anybody make anything for me, like any piece of art, anyway. So it's it was really, really cool. Um, he's gonna make prints of it, like he's gonna digitally alter. He scanned it in. He's like, hey man, I just gotta scan it in. If that's okay, you know, if that's all right. Go, oh yeah, dude, whatever. It's your artwork. You know what I mean? Like, I'm just really glad you did it for me. So you kind of sponsored him to create a new original piece, but he's going to scan that in so that he can continue to sell it. But you're yeah. the only one with the original. I'm the only one with the original. I have the original. And is this a common thing at these comic cons? So yeah, I guess it is. And I I actually interviewed this guy. Kind of, I mean, interview we talked. Um, because one thing like that, he was wicked down to earth and a really, really nice guy. Like he was, it had to be right around our age because he went to RIT. He didn't graduate from RIT, but he went to RIT in the early 2000s. So like that's right when we we're in college age. But he was a really, really down to earth guy, really, really nice guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and he must, he must make, I mean, is this his primary gig? I mean, you, you got all this information. That's out a good sure. question. And I didn't really get into that so much because I, um, but he talked about going to cons because I was like, well, do you like just do this like all the time? And he's like, he's, he was funny. He made a joke. He's like, I am what they call poor. <laughs> he's like, sure, so sure, yeah. he's like, um, we talk about this a lot on the show about how it's very difficult to make a living in art, which is crazy to me because honestly, that shit is dope. Like, and when I paid for it, I feel guilty because I would have easily paid double for it. Right. Like if I knew it was going to come out like that. Dude, I would have easily paid double for it. Are you it. comfortable talking about the price? I am, yeah, definitely. I paid sixty bucks for that. Wow. I would have easily paid one hundred twenty dollars for that shit. and not yeah, thought about it. I spent I spent half of that on a piece of shit poster. And and bro, I don't mean to bro you, bro. <laughs> Sorry, I'm just I'm really really fucking jacked up. You bro, you because it was really you, bro. it was a great experience, man. <clears throat> Honestly, um. This guy spent the entire, he spent like 
four to uh, probably closer to six hours on this piece. Man, like he put so much time and care into it, and I was just like, "Dude, thank you so much! Like this is amazing! Like because I've, I've, I've never had anything like that. Like not like an original piece of artwork that somebody made for me. Like I, I bought a frame and everything that day, and all that stuff's getting framed because his prints were are, are super dope too. But that." I was just like very, 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 very happy with it. So I talked to him about like, you know, do you do these cons all the time? And he's like, you know, I, I go to maybe four or five a year. He's like, and some of them are crazy. He probably can't afford to travel to half of them. That's a, that's a thing. Like he's he's like, you know, I went to Boston Comic Con, right? And mm-hmm. I was like, oh man, you must have cleaned up there. Must have done really well. He's like, no. He's like, because there's a ton of celebrities there and they soak up all the money. Wow. Yep. So like, it's like. So they, it doesn't matter how good he is. He, he's competing with with celebrity status, right? So Syracuse is probably a better platform for him. Well, he was kind of saying like, you know, he's like at a con, he's like, you're lucky, you know, you, a, a good day is four to five hundred bucks selling your stuff, and like you're talking, people don't think about oh four or hundred bucks that sounds great for a day. It's like but you gotta terrible. pay you gotta pay for a table. That's terrible. It's eighty bucks for a booth. A yeah, eighty bucks a booth, and you yep. gotta set up yourself like you're coming in re- mad early to set all your stuff up like you're doing it yourself yeah, like it's not a lot of money it's not and um you could send you could you could make more money selling fidget spinners at the well, same fucking convention because the other the other thing is is that the con the con depending on how the depending on how sketchy the con is they'll pack the vendor room so that basically it fucks everybody's because the, the thing is, is the con the con doesn't really care the con makes money by what do you mean by pack the vendor room so you know his to his like like Wade was saying when he made the comment that there's so many celebrities there. What they'll do is that basically there's there's a there's a there's a certain max number of viable you know, like you can have these this many vendors in this space or you can have this many artists in this space. Otherwise, you know based on the popular you know based on the po- the expected visitor numbers to the con itself. Because the problem is, is that if you add too many vendors, basically you dilute the entire pool down, so nobody makes, none of them make money. None of them actually break even on coming to the con itself, depending on how big a space they they but, sign yeah, up or but, whatever. But what did that phrase mean? What do you mean? Pack the vendors. What does no, that so mean? No, so basically, so what they'll do is that they'll they'll the con makes money by having the vendor pay. Mm-hmm. rental fees so what they'll do is they'll load the vendor room up like they'll double or triple it with the number of vendors that they have in the space so that as opposed to what they should mm-hmm. so they make you know they 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 get front loaded because they're they have like three times the the, the registration fees coming in for the vendor tables but no none of the vendors actually can make money because and, and that's an interesting concept and, and i don't want to get too far off topic but um you know we, we had michelle stewart on um and she does um although actually, she's, she's stepping bacon, down was she, it the bacon fest or whatever yeah she does the callet and and the callet tried getting on board with the bacon fest um making bacon which quite a few um, places do and she tried having one local to her area and one of the things that she described is very similar to what that the problem that you just said Gunner is that uh, she has to be careful not to overbook vendors because then each one of them loses money she ha- it, like if it's a food booth you don't want too many food booths because there isn't a line in any of them they want a line you know the, the consumer doesn't want a line the consumer wants to walk up and be the only person in line but for them to be making the food and to justify them showing up um so so that's what you're saying you're saying that these conventions actually don't respect 
the threshold of how many vendors that there should be. So, some of them do. They're you know like that's actually you know like they're. And this guy's like a fine line between vendor and like artist exhibit, right? Well, he's. I mean, yeah, definitely. You know, because the other thing is, is that he didn't have to. He didn't have. He's not staying on site. He's a local, right? Or yeah, well, he's a local. local so, like, Arabia. But here's yeah. an example: when he went to Boston, mm-hmm. he was telling me he was six hundred dollars in the red after that. Like yeah. he wow. didn't make money. He lost money on that. Wow. But like, he did um, make some connections at DC. Um, but the thing is, is like. He was telling me, you know, that what do you want to do with it? And he was kind of like, I don't know. He's like, yeah. It seemed like he was a true artist, did not want to just go work for a comic book company and pump out mm-hmm. stuff. He wanted to make stuff on his own that but, he enjoyed. But he accepted the fact that it was a very difficult business model. Definitely, no doubt. Almost almost impossible. Well, and, and part, of, part of the problem, too, is that you talk about, like, you have two things, which is that, one, it's very difficult to make a go of it on your own, and... We, whether they whether that's spoken of or not, there is there is a deliberate cartel collusion between Marvel and DC to make things much more difficult for the independents. Like there, there's a lot, there's a there's a lot of very sketchy skullduggery that's going on in the background, and. If you can't get a job at the big ones, right. you're fucked. Yeah, and, you, but every industry has a cool kids club, well, right? This is just an interesting industry. Yeah, but because the cool the cool kid the cool kids the cool kids club doesn't involve the cool kids actively fucking doxing the heads of other publishing companies so that they won't they won't make, they won't put your comic out that they that some of the kids some of the kids in the cool kids club just don't like because of I, I guess my point reasons. is Gunners it happens in other industries right uh, yes if you want to be if you want to be a uh, if you want to make your own energy bar right I mean if you listen to um, uh, the NPR podcast how I built this and you listen to the story about Lara bar or you listen to um, uh, like beverages um, and the um, I can't remember. I can't remember the name of it, but it was the guy that created the uh, the iced tea. Uh, the one that their their slogan is just a tad sweet. Um, I can't remember it, but um, same issue, right? Because just because you have just because you're you're great in the industry and you have an excellent product, it doesn't mean that you can play along with the cool kids. The cool kids can drive you out of the industry. Comic books are just. I would say it's it's almost tougher because it's art in general, not even comics. Mm-hmm. Art is harder in general because it's such a low profit margin to begin with. And like in the case of this guy's work, Wade, you said four hours he spent on this drawing. At least four hours. At least. So he spent four hours on a drawing, made sixty bucks. We can do the math. That's not a lot of money per hour that he was that he was paying himself no, not in order even, to make not, this. Definitely not even what it what definitely not it was worth and then you would get into what it was worth to me, right? Like, but that type of that type of product creation, right? It's like it, it's it's like showing up to a trade show and somebody making you a custom chair, right? The amount of time it takes to go into the you know in, into the wood or whatever whatever they're they're manufacturing it out of. When you get a handmade piece of art like that. The amount of time that it takes, you really have to charge huge, huge, huge prices for it, and there needs to be a steady demand. And for an artist to be able to live off of that, even if there's a demand, is tough. And now what you're talking about is, you know, if, if he doesn't have a job at a major comic book 
uh, illustrating for some major cartoon, something that people would recognize him for, then he's really being driven out of his own industry, right? Yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, the good stuff is is like now that I, now I know about him. So like, I mean, now like, I'm there's a part of me because the other cool thing there were there were a couple podcasts out there too that had booths set up. Really. And they look like dog shit. Uh-huh. And they still got the compliment to come over and sit down with them for like 15 minutes to do interviews. Oh. So I was like, that's something I'd be interested in doing. You know what I mean? Checking the con out, setting a booth up, getting some merch. And like, that would actually be fun. It was it was pretty, it was a really, really cool environment. And this is a small one. This wasn't even some crazy big one. But I kind of. Um, you're saying we got we to gotta book a booth for 80 bucks next year. Is yeah, what you're saying. that's what I'm saying. Right around this time. We gotta go. We gotta book a booth. What we have to do and, and clear the clear the calendar for Saturday. Yeah, we crank we crank out a lot of content. But this guy, um, it it was just like it was, it was a really cool experience. Um, and now I know about him, so I, I'm kind of I'm gonna blow him up on Facebook, and I'll, I'll definitely when I put po- we post this podcast, I'll definitely put some links to his work. Um, but like it's cool because, you know, you kind of commission him to to do stuff. Like you can pay him, you know, what what, what would he would consider maybe a, a a fair rate for for his work if you wanted to put, put put have him create something for you. But it was definitely a very interesting thing, and it definitely was kind of like, you know, some cons you do better. I guess last last week they had the Salt City Con Comic Con, which is in Syracuse as well, and he was saying I don't know if he went to that one or not. But a lot of like, because the, these guys kind of get to know each other. Yeah. He was like saying, dude, some of these guys, it was crazy. He's like, they were telling me they were making like seventeen, eighteen hundred dollars in a day. He's like, it was, you never hear that shit. Syracuse like, had two Comic Cons week, a week apart from each other. Yeah. And next, next week or next month is Retro Games Con. And he's like, dude, go to that one. He said, it's a really good one. You should go to it. Yeah. We've been, we talked about that, didn't we? We mm-hmm. talked about that last podcast, I think, because it was coming up on somebody's news feed. Yeah. Um, yeah. So maybe we should we should go check that out. But that being said, for a first time experience, I'm fucking hooked. Like, I don't know if I'm going full cosplay next time, but like, <laughs> I might incorporate some elements. Because one thing Shauna bought there, um, she bought a a set of 3D printed horns. She kept looking at them, and she was like, "Oh man, all those horns are cool." I was like, "Go fucking get a pair." She's like, no, like, when am I actually gonna wear them? Like, I was like. Does it fucking matter? Like, just go and buy your like, get yourself the horns or whatever. So yeah. these little like kind of goat horns she has over there on the counter. Um, I'm gonna go grab them. Keep talking. Yeah, and um, you know, the, all the vendors are really cool. Um, the one guy was a little bit pushy, I guess, but everyone was cool. But I will say, like, there was a what include what what kind of uh, what kind of um, made the comic book men situation even more awkward was that one of the guys i'm not going to say who had kind of his girlfriend with him or maybe his wife and they were just kind of all over each other like when people weren't there and it made me like i don't want to approach this because it's i feel awkward as it is but now it feels doubly awkward yeah, he, what was he he was just a he was just a, a customer or he was one of the no the com the, the the like the celebrity that was there oh like, he's just making out with his girlfriend the whole time yeah they're kind of hanging off each other and it was kind of like weird 
because she was significantly younger than him, and oh. I don't think she probably would have been with him if he wasn't was she famous. Wearing, was she wearing horns at the time? She was wearing a Catwoman costume or Batwoman costume. So, okay. so now that you know how to make your girlfriend horny. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I'm looking at these things. Now, Gunner, you know a lot about 3D printing, um, so much that um, I, I happen to sell printing software, and I'm, Gunner's actually a consultant. He's teaching me about this 3D printing. Now, I'm looking at this. Now, I've learned enough to know by, by looking at these horns. Um, it's, a, it's a headband. First of all, it's a headband with a whole bunch of holes in it, so it's like a universal head, headband that you can, you can attach anything to. And this is actually, you put this in warm water, and this will form closer to the shape of your head because it's super, it was super tight on Shauna's head. It hurt her ears. Mm-hmm. It was fine for the con. We were only there for several hours, but... Um, they said if you put that in water, you unscrew the horns, you put that in water, it'll it'll form. And the headband <laughs> itself has clearly been 3D printed. The signature of 3D printing, at least from what I've seen, is you can usually see the very, very small lines uh, in the 3D printed material. In the case of this headband, if Gunner's, still, Gunner's going oh, to agree with this. If, if, if it still gives her issues, give me a call. Okay. I got, I got. In the case of this headband, Gunner would, would probably agree with me here. The, the headband was probably printed as a flat surface, well, you can, and then you, warmed you, and rounded, right? No, so it's actually it's printed. It was printed in the curve. So you think that this was printed in the curve? Yes. Okay. I don't know how you know that, but I'll believe you because Gunner knows what <laughs> no, he's talking about. If you look, if you look at the layer lines, there's no. If it was bent after the fact, there'd be there'd be like yeah distortion yeah no in it. I can see, yeah I can see the layer lines yep so so they printed this headband as uh, as as one curved piece um like Wade sure said the plastic pure. can be softened a little bit by being warmed up and then she can kind of shape it mm-hmm. uh, which is good because you want to get her as horny as quickly as possible That's correct you want to be uncomfortable let's, let's bring my heat gun over well, give it a couple passes it'll be fine. and the the horns the horns they the, the horns don't have the same curve to them. Um, where they attach to the headband, but the horns look like they were drilled and then then screws were put through to hold the horns on. And the horns too, you can tell were 3D printed. You can kind of see like a little bit of fibers coming off of them, uh, which is kind of cliche of the uh, of 3D printed plastic, Actually, right? Yeah, and that and that and if you wanna if you wanna dress them up a little bit, I have a couple things of XTC that are probably gonna go. So uh, if you coat that, then one they'll be. Shiny is all fuck, but two, it's basically oh, sweet. what's XTC. So, um, in in the advent of all the prolifer- proliferation of three D printing hype, uh, there's a company called Smoothon that does a whole bunch of like silicone, uh, castable plastic stuff like that. And one of the products that they have is called XTC three D resin, and mm-hmm. it was it was one that they specifically do for the purpose of coating 3d prints to take the, the is layer. it clear or do you get the it's same clear. color as the one that it's you're... clear although it will yellow if it's on a white thing it will it like it it's yellows a little yellow. under, it yellow, it yellows under sunlight so it kind of smooths the kind of smooths the surface of it'll, the product it'll, out it'll 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 you know it's like paint basically it'll pull it'll pull it surface smooth but it also strengthen it also strengthens and seals it so that like it won't pull moisture in because like there's there's certain materials that you can post process like uh, ABS and stuff like that. If you do like a acetone mist on them, they'll the the surface will fuse solid, so it won't you know like when you get the smooth finish. But two, it kind of strengthens it. But PLA, which I'm thinking that 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 is, you need to use a third party product to get it to. 
Now, I haven't done any 3D printing yet. I do own I do own a very very cheap and poor quality 3D printer, um, more for uh, for software development purposes. Um, so, did however, you get this so that you can actually like beat some? Like, you're just gonna put it on a like a rope these, and club someone. So he's got something new. He's moved on to something new. Sorry. But but hold hold your horses. So I, I want to talk a little bit about this 3D printing process because this is I think this is the first time that I've seen, or even heard somebody describe merch. That they wanted to buy that was three D printed. Oh yeah, right. I don't. I just don't hear about it, right? Yeah, I mean, you go to the gas station. It's not like the gas station has a whole bunch of custom three D printed stuff. It's that's not like true. The, the owner of the gas station is like, well, you know, this is pretty popular on YouTube, but but you know, we, we haven't got our shipment from China, so I decided to print some of these things, right? So th- this is interesting. And you got you did you see these at a lot of different booths? There were two horn booths. <laughs> two horn booths. Yeah, like, there are two booths that like. It looked like their main wares were like wearable horns. And actually, it almost looks like these horns themselves were were injected with some type of um, uh, almost like a drywall screw or, or an anchor. So if you look inside here, right, a little inside yeah, yeah. there, you can see the metal. So... They yes, probably, it was three D printed, but not as one piece. The horns had to be printed separately, and probably to so that they people don't complain and say, "Hey, my my horns broke." Yeah, if they broke, like there's no fixing it if they're one piece, right? Like, yeah, they actually do have to do some assembly here. Um, so the time to print one of these things, um, and this is why I don't want to go on to the cool the cool key fob that you just brought over uh, just yet. The time to print one of these things now, Gunner. I have the, the, the guy that helps me with my software. He's starting to use the 3D printers. He printed something roughly half of the size of just the white headband here. So it's a white headband, and it has these black horns coming off of it. He printed something roughly half the size of this headband, and he said it took hours. Well, it depends on infill, how your printer's set up. I mean, like, you know, again, it, it's not... But that's not atypical of 3D printing, right? Well, yeah. I mean, it depends on it depends on how well your printer is dialed in. I mean, like you know, the the thing is, is that uh, my myself and your your cohort there, we have a lot of hot, you know, like we have a lot of kit bash thing. I mean, like I I have like only three real proper came from a factory dialed in printers, mm-hmm. and. Some of them will. I mean, like that 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 one that I had, the freaking the the Delta, the Eris. I mean, that'll actually that'll that'll crank something out pretty quick within you know, like you. you so how long could you print one horn, or would you do them both at once? Generally? You would do them both at once. How long would it actually, take that, you to print that, well, that, both that, horns? That's actually well. So, so there's always the, there's always the flip side of that, and we don't want to get we're gonna we're getting out. So the the thing is, is you want to the. The, the time to successfully complete a print is not linear, so it doesn't take twice as long to print two to, you know, two, sure. of some, two of something. Okay, as, so so it, 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 I, I want to get the, get down to brass tacks here. This guy is printing, and he probably picked this horn for a reason. It probably has some, some stability um, when it's laying on a surface, right? Yeah. I and mean, if you look at it. There are a bunch of different horns. That he had too. There were, there were yeah, a bunch of, ton of them, ton of different ones. Yeah. So, so he's got to find something that doesn't like fall over while it's being printed. Well, no, they they, they glue them, right? They, they have supports. Yeah, they so have you, supports. You, 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 you can kind of figure out just looking at the, like most likely it was printed. If you look at the layers, mm-hmm. you can actually tell how it was oriented when it was printing. So, it, it, it most what? likely it was sitting on why all the rough stuffs on here. Mm-hmm. It was sitting on the bed 
like oh, this. Then how do they get that perfectly flat surface that they have to cut it? No, they so it's actually got you print supports. So basically, there's a little string like it builds like a kind of like a scaffolding underneath it before it. Gets I'm talking about this backside that's perfectly flat. Did they cut that to make it perfectly? Oh no, flat? no. So so, so it, that's actually so. This where ah, make more. This is this this side is where it was sitting on the bed. This is the top layer, the last layer that it printed for the headband. Not the headband. Where's Not the headband. About? Not the headband. You look at this horn, right? This part is almost perfectly flat. Was the printer responsible for that? The printer can print that flat. Maybe it did. Oh no, maybe I'm. Maybe, maybe I thought maybe that was the side sitting down. No, well, no, you're you actually no, you are right. So let's say you have you are this. right. So that, and that's where all the there's all the support structure on the side. Oh, so the support structure was on the side, and they had to cut it back off. Yeah. So these people are printing these horns, right? And and I'm just because this is a home based manufacturing, really, yes, right? Correct. And this is Absolutely. why it's such a cool mm -hmm. idea because you're supporting. They're not getting this from China. I mean, the the plastic probably comes from China. Um, they're not getting this from China. This was made. This was made somewhere, um, probably by the person selling it or somebody that they know has a bunch of three D printers. So they're printing these horns. Let's say this style horn, which is like a curved horn, and they want to print. They need two horns per headband, right, Gunner? And you saying you can print as many of these well, I mean, horns like as possible as you can fit. Limit, limit. because the problem is that if it if if it f's up. Then all of them are all of them are wrapped up washes. But let's say you can do four of these horns at once with with a consumer grade three D printer. How long would you say just the horn would take? <sighs> probably probably an hour or two, like two hours. And then they have to go through the process of 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 drilling, screwing. Um, they have to have these headbands that they've printed as well. And I think that's cool because you could probably buy these headbands for ten cents in bulk. Uh, off of Amazon, but they decided to print the headband itself too, and it's kind of a universal headband. It's got a bunch of screw holes in it. And how much did she pay for the 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 horns? Twenty five bucks. Twenty five bucks. <clears throat> Connor. Uh, I mean, what? I mean, it's probably and got more. It's it's probably got close to that. And now, when we did time, when we did our printing, energy. it actually came out bad. Like like. It was flimsy and fell apart, but this looks very sturdy. Well, but you know, one one that's the issue with your printer, and two mm -hmm. that's you know, like we get, you get it, there's a whole process of dialing things in, optimizing your yeah, and again that that kind of gets in the super in the weeds stuff, but um, but that in the weeds stuff is a cost, right? Yeah. So if you're spending twenty, if you're if you're selling these for twenty five dollars and you're making a profit, well, because actually you, the, you had the, to go through all that that, I'm that research before. You have a viable product. So the the the, the current the current um, the current again like it part of part of it is kind of like the fact that you got the three D printed thing itself because like the current the current model is you fucking sculpt it on the computer you do your three D model you print it mm -hmm. you make a master you know like you do all your finish work to it you make a master mold from it and then you cast it from a smooth on resin or its equivalent one and then that's how you crank them out on mass um you know how much worth of plastic do you think is in this probably maybe like so i bought le probably less than a dollar less because i bought like one of those spools right i think yeah. you helped us buy the spools i bought a spool of black which the black could have printed these horns how much was the spool can you remind me of that uh, I mean, usually uh, it depends on who you bought it from. It's usually around twenty bucks. So twenty bucks for 15. the spool, and how many of these horns could you print with this spool? Uh, I would say probably fourteen, fifteen. Okay. 
So worth of material in here, you'd say maybe there's it depends like three on their, or four dollars. It, 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 it depends on their in, it depends on their infill ratio because like they may be hollow. Oh, I don't, you think these are hollow? No, I mean like there may not there it may it may have like webbing on the inside, but there yeah there if it's not maybe that would be smart because then you can save on plastic, right? Well, because there's not actually yeah, and again this gets into the because I know I'm beating one, this up, but it's because the entrepreneur in me wants to know. We're talking about art, right? We're talking about this guy that spends four hours making this beautiful drawing for Wade, one that he's going to try to sell more of, but he really didn't get a huge profit margin on it. Meanwhile, the booth next to him has found out that all you have to do is print a headband and horns, and you can sell them. Well, There's this is kind of what I want to like. Yeah, like also, so you saw those, like the comic book um, covers. And then there were some. There were three smaller like uh, shots we bought for some gifts for some family members. At that dude's booth, the guy that sold was like I spent seventy bucks. At this guy's booth that did the commission for me, I spent ninety bucks. They're not even fucking close, in my opinion, in right. value. Like Brandon's stuff, significantly more valuable to me. Mm-hmm. Like way more. It's just unfortunate that I didn't go to Brandon's booth first. First, right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, but I kind of learned a lesson. Walk around. Just walk all the way around and then maybe make it's, a decision. It's also a lesson to Brandon, right? Uh, and, and it's something that he probably struggles with as an artist is that you not only have to be. So that is all 3D printed. Okay. You, you not only can keep that up. You not only have to be an excellent artist, but you also have to be a terrific salesman. In in the case of the first booth, the guy was arguably a better salesman than, yes. than the second guy that you went to. Because if the second guy that you went to knew the value of what he was producing, he wouldn't have priced it so low. Well, I also think like you got to kind of keep in line with the other vendors so you don't price yourself out of That's out true. Of and he also, he also may be looking for the long-term gain which is which is loyal he could get more money out of you but that doesn't mean that you're going to have a good feeling when you leave and if you don't have a good feeling when you leave you're not going to share his work right right? so so you know he kind of he kind of wins your trust by giving you this really really fair price but then you kind of walk away saying man i just got stuff that i felt was worth way more to me for about the same price as what I spent at this other guy's booth. And this stuff doesn't really feel like it's worth that much to me. But what I like about the 3D printed stuff is, is that, first of all, you can you can make it at home and then you can show up to the convention with it, right? As opposed to this guy yeah. that had to spend four hours at the convention making something personalized for you. And also the profit margin on it. So you're talking about $5 worth of material. These three I don't think it's. Are, I don't even think it's five dollars. Like it's again. If it's hollow infill, mm-hmm. this is probably less than. I mean, like again, it, it depends on the density of. Uh, without cracking it apart or knowing a slicing setting, I don't even know if light would pass through it because we could see. But it, it's, it's. This is not. This is not a, the thing that actually probably has the most material in it. Between the the, the, the all three of it, the headbands actually got the most plastic in it. Well, yeah, you're assuming that the horns are hollow, but there's also the screws and the fasteners, and they cost a few. They they cost you know thirty cents a piece for the screws and the fillers. But let's let's call it five dollars, right, Gunner? You can call it four or three. I don't care. Um, It's sold for twenty five, right? That's a pretty good margin on it. But of course, there's there's invested time, you know, in the design and in the printing. But that almost seems like. 
if there's people that want to make a go at art, right? This seems almost like 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 a good way to keep the uh, the culture, to keep the um, the community, right? You're going to fill up booths if people can make their own stuff. Well, it's it's to, it's if the, you think it's about the, it as an art. It's the same thing with um. I mean. I know that people do go through third-party services and stuff like that, but it's the same thing as doing prints on demand. I mean, like your Epson, your Epson printers are just as good as anything you're going to get from a commercial publisher at this or a commercial print shop at this point. Right. Uh, I, I mean, like they're they're, you know, like they've kind of gotten better a little bit, but I mean, like there are people at conventions who are doing fucking cosplay print. They have a fucking ink. You know, like they have, they don't have a huge swath of inventory on hand. They literally just have a printer, a laptop, and like print stock on them. So they're do they're like they're doing stuff there right. behind the fucking curtain when, when they're like running low on something. Like they'll have two or three sitting around in fucking public view and it's like, oh we're we're short on whatever. That's a, that's a cool idea, too, because you don't have as much inventory. Um, now, you pulled up this picture while we were talking about 3D printing of a costume that was entirely 3D printed. Now, it looks like it's metal. I assume it's not. No, it's all paint. So he painted, it's, and these are plastic pieces. It looks like a robot costume. Well, it's actually, it, it's, it's the, well, I don't remember what particular suit. It's, I think it's a T-56 power armor from Fallout 4. Okay, so this is a Fallout 4 costume. And he has what appears to be... Uh, robotic hands. Yes. Are those functional as well? Well, yeah. Basically, they're like puppet. They're like the. Did you ever? Did you ever have this? The the, the robot arm toy. You know, it's the gripper. So you have like the hand, the, the punch handle. You squeeze and. I know what you're talking about, but no, I didn't have one. Now, is that something common in the 3D printed world? You can download a bunch of. Well, you 3D can, printed I mean, like, actually, you can you can actually. Get, I mean, like there are files for that, but he probably did a bunch of like. Again, that's his whole thing is is that it's actually like it's actually effectively a puppet. Um, now, in regards to the pieces, so like his chest plate, for example, is is actually larger than than what most of the three D printers that I've seen. Well, do you do it? You Does do it that in multiple, mean he has to do it in sections and yes, weld you, them together? Yeah. And by weld, I mean like a plastic weld or, a, or some type of like glue or something well, it like that. Well, it depends. It depends on because actually he actually had like a fucking soldering iron with a flat tip that he was just using to join the two assemblies together, and then he'd fill in like whatever. Yes, yeah, so he's melting the plastic together. Then? Yes. Yeah. Uh, the other, the other, the other technique depending on the material is that actually you have like their three D printer pens, and you just use that with the filament to actually fill in the like. So you do like a what's friction. a three D printer pen? It's just like a it's hot a, glue gun. Well, uh, yeah, basically, the, basically the it filament is a, for the printer. It looks like a pen. Yeah, you put a stick of filament on the back of it, and you use that to like just freehand extrude. And he's got a couple of tubes and stuff in here too, which is probably does does justice to the I don't I don't know this um this specific robot. But yeah, that's 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 something on the order of like two hundred, three hundred dollars worth of plastic just right. by itself. So here's uh the guy in the uh Warhammer stuff that was there is a yeah. photo of it there. So Wade's Metal. got the Warhammer guy. Now tell me a little bit about this this costume here, Wade. Uh he's a space marine. So in the war we've talked about Warhammer, I think actually maybe last yeah. podcast or two podcasts ago. It's kind of like um Game Shop, or what's the name of the company? Games Workshop. Games Workshop, that's it. 
Uh, they have their own like universe, like a Dungeons and Dragons kind of universe. And then Warhammer 40K is like in the future, 40,000 years after. So again, in an assembly, so you can see all the individual pieces that get joined together to make. So so Gunner went back on the 3D printed guy, and he's showing me these pieces of white plastic. And he's like puttying or gluing or something them together. He's drawing um, spackle to yeah on the seam. Right. So he's three D printed a whole. So so just to give you. So go back to that guy. Oh, I gotta go back. That what was that? His chest piece. Yeah. So the chest piece that I was just describing as being larger than a printer itself. Um, when it was, can you go to the the one of that that it was it was in pieces? I, yeah. I just want to tell the listeners how many three D printed pieces it was made out of. So I'm looking at it and I can see. At least, at least fifteen separate pieces just for the the, the chest plate, right? It's pretty safe to yeah. say. Yeah, and you can see he's starting to. He, it's like he started to paint it. Is that what he's doing? No, that's well. Cause or did, some he of them have, did he have some? Did he probably start using red and then realized he couldn't print the whole thing? In well, red? You, you, yeah, because again, it, it's going to be ultimately primered and painted. Or you know, again, so he doesn't like care. He doesn't care the color, really. You're just, you're just using whatever filament you had on hand. It's like building a car from a junkyard. You paint it after it's all put together. Yeah. Okay. Now let's get back to this Warhammer guy. Um, this Warhammer costume. Um, the, it looks like the guy used a lot of like I don't know, maybe plastic from home. Maybe. Gunner would know like kind of what that dude's costume was made of. The, by the, the photo, what, now it if almost, anyone, <laughs> what's what's the thing that's hanging down by his waist? What's that white thing? That flag is that part of the costume too? Uh, well, yeah, that that I'm, I don't remember what the heck they call that particular piece, but it's that's. It looks like a like a piece of triangle white cloth. Oh, what the fuck do they call it? In our, it, yeah, I don't know, but it, um. Now, and how accurate is this? Like, can you pull up this guy, this this Warhammer guy? How accurate is he to the um? What legion was game. he? I don't even know. I can just tell you he's red. And this guy was walking around the yeah, Syracuse Comic Con. Was, was he like one con. of the coolest costumes that, that? I thought it was pretty. Yeah, I thought he was one of the coolest ones. There were some really good. There were a lot of really really good ones from completely different universes. Like there were several Harry Potter ones that I was like, wow, that's like really really impressive. Um, but it was. Uh, yeah, it was pretty, pretty fucking sweet. Okay, here we go. Okay, so Gunner's pulling up the actual photo, and that's the guy. Okay, yeah, and you can see that cloth is definitely an important part of the costume. Um, and the guy's holding a machine gun. He's got like a skull on his kneecap. Let yep. me see. Okay, yeah. So it's it's almost like an interpretation of well, the costume. Well, no, actually, there's so the thing is, is that there are uh, at least in the Warhammer universe, there are different versions, sure, models of that power armor depending on its age and what whatnot. So depending on you know, like if you go by if you go by story lore, how uh, how how much of a baller you were in that particular legion determines which. Yeah, so this equipment. guy's called Space Marine. And yeah, so a lot of the pictures online, like the shoulders are bigger, but of course, people aren't built that way. So he made his own shoulders. Um, in, in a lot of the, so in this one illustration you showed me, the skull is actually on his chest with, with like, uh, like wings coming out of it. In this case, the guy's got the skull coming down towards his belly button. Um, but that also may depend on which were you know without no without finding that particular model of power armor right or uh, ultramarine space armor what the freaking <clears throat> you got okay so, so the last uh, the last piece that you brought over here Wade and I kind of oh this to is just like nothing like, I just thought it was cool I wanted you to see it 
Uh, it's an Infinity Gauntlet with like little uh, little gemstones in it. And can you remind me what the Infinity Gauntlet is? Infinity Gauntlet is from well, most recently uh, the Avengers Infinity War movie that just came out. Is that what um what that asshole used to destroy the? That's exactly what he had in his hand to snap his fingers and kill. Now, which of part of that existence. is the Infinity Gauntlet? Is it the whole glove? So the Gauntlet is the glove. Is the glove? Yeah. And then these are the Infinity Stones, the different stones that grant different powers. Okay. And it's is it called the Infinity Gauntlet because all of these stones are in one weapon? Yes. Yeah. Yes. It's the Infinity Gauntlet, which houses all the Infinity Stones. So each finger has its own gem attached to it, and then there's one huge gem. And each one of these has its own power? Yep. There's Soul, st- the soul Stone is the yellow, right? The middle so, one? Yeah, yeah. Space, mind, power, soul... And time. Pretty Space, cool. mind, power, soul, time. Yeah. It almost and looks to me like a like a glove from Iron Man. <laughs> My lack of, of knowledge of these. Actually, stuff. right. right. I, actually, no, I'm sure. I'm sure. Space, mind, power, soul, time, and... And the Lincoln Pickle. And the Lincoln Pickle. Pickle oh, Lincoln. Pickle. Well, we can't figure out what the other stone is. We're going to uh, hopefully well, figure that out. We have internet. Later on. But that being said, we're hit, we've hit the two-hour mark at this point. I'm just shy of it. And uh, I think we're going to wrap it up for today. Thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, I'll post the links for uh, Brandon's work and his and his website. And uh, We could I, use it as the cover for the episode. Yo, I definitely will. Actually, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. we usually don't do custom covers, but... Um, why the hell not? Fuck yeah. Give this guy some recognition. He's a New Yorker. Without a doubt. And yeah, local guy. Great guy too. Really, really nice guy. Down to earth. Very cool. Um, have you friended him on Facebook or anything like that? Uh, I have because I didn't too? want to look like a weird ass stalker, but I did like his page, Illustronics. Did, did you tell him that you have a podcast? I did. Yes, yeah. So he'll be fine with it. He will, he'll want the recognition. Yeah. So I, uh, I friend, I, I, I uh, thumbs up Illustronics and I'll, I'll, I'll friend his, uh, his personal page as well. But um, anyways, thanks for everybody tuning in. Have a great week.